Well, tonight we're beginning a new midweek series that is related or connected to our evening series on Second Peter. Uh, as you know, we've been working through Second Peter on Sunday evenings, and it has been a very helpful little book for us, I think. Uh, on our second evening in the book, we touched on the list of qualities that Peter records in chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Uh, and we talked about how we're to live, and there are seven biblical virtues listed in verses 5 to 7. And it's a list of features of a transformed heart. What we're going to do over the next few weeks is spend a few moments uh, thinking about each individual quality. Uh, we might join two qualities together uh, on some evenings, but what I hope we'll be able to see more clearly is that these are things that we are to chase after if we have trusted in the Lord Jesus. Uh, Peter makes that clear in what he says after he lists these qualities. He says that, if you have these qualities, you won't be ineffective or you won't be unfruitful. He says that if you don't have these qualities, you're blind or you're nearsighted. And he says that we should be diligent to confirm our calling and election and that having these qualities will help us not to fall. Now, as we've mentioned on our evenings in Peter, uh, the backdrop to this letter is Peter's fall, his denial of the Lord Jesus. And Peter is very keen that the first readers of his letters and of his letter and believers of all generations reading his letter, including us, won't make the same mistakes that he did. So that's kind of where we're going in terms of this little series. As we begin tonight, we're going to read what Peter says in chapter 1. So we're going to read 2 Peter 1, 5 to 11 together just to refresh our minds on the virtues and also on the flow of what he says. So 2 Peter 1, verses 5 to 11. Peter says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with, self, with, with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So, there are seven qualities listed in verses 5 to 7. And tonight we're going to begin the series by thinking about virtue. Before thinking about virtue, it's worth remembering that faith comes first. So, notice what Peter says. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. So faith comes first and then everything else follows afterwards. Faith in Christ is the starting point for the Christian who wants to become like the master that he or she believes in. And so it leads automatically to Christ-like virtue. And that's the first quality that Peter mentions. Uh, the word in the ESV is virtue and the King James translates it as virtue as well. But other translations record it differently. So the NIV is the best example and it translates the word as goodness. Uh, J.B. Phillips, who I've quoted a few times in church, puts the first quality in this way. 
he says that see that your faith carries with it real goodness of life. Goodness of life was a matter of great concern to the unbelievers in Peter's day. They pondered the question, what is it that makes a person good or excellent at being a human? And Peter's answer isn't a particularly philosophical one. It isn't a complicated one. He essentially says the ideal, per- ideal person is Jesus and Christians will find their excellence in imitating him. Since Jesus' goodness was shown by what he did, our faith will show itself to others in our act of goodness. I was trying to think of an example of Jesus' inherent and innate goodness, and the one that I come up with uh, comes from the story of Jesus and Jairus' daughter. Uh, You'll remember that Jesus is approached by a ruler called Jairus who begs him to come and heal his daughter. Jesus agrees, but is delayed by a sick woman who touches his cloak. Uh, The woman had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and that had all sorts of implications for her. It affected where she could go, what she could do, who she could see. Mark tells us that she had suffered more by going to different doctors and that she had spent all her money looking for a cure. Mark 5.28 gives us an insight into her thinking. It says, she said, if I even touch his garments, I will be made well. And that's what she does. And as soon as she touches Jesus' clothes, immediately, Mark says, the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Mark 5.30 tells us that Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? Now, it's not reflected in the translations of the story, but what the woman is banking on is the excellence and innate goodness of the Lord Jesus. As the Son of God, His life was marked by virtue and goodness. Even his clothes radiated radiated that goodness. It's really quite something to think about when you consider it like that. To touch the garments of Jesus was to know something of his power and goodness. Now, when it comes to us having this quality, it won't show in the clothes that we wear. People won't be able to physically touch us and know know something of our goodness. What, What will it look like for us to exhibit this first quality virtue. Well, for us to be virtuous, for us to show goodness, it'll involve us walking the walk as well as talking the talk. We say that a lot, but that's really what this first quality involves. To have virtue is to be someone who is straight and honest with people. To have virtue is to be someone who is kind to other people. To have virtue is to do practically helpful things in the life of the church family, but but also to others who are outside of the church family as well. It's important that we think about what it means to show this quality to people who are outside of the church. Uh, One obstacle that people often have to the Christian faith is the behaviour of Christians. Goodness of life still matters in our world today, but the standards of virtue and goodness have shifted away from what we would traditionally know them as or traditionally understand them as. So let me give you a very recent example of this. Uh, You'll know that Nicola Sturgeon is stepping back as the leader of the SNP. And there's a leadership race at the moment to replace her. And one of the candidates is a girl called Kate Forbes. And she's the Scottish finance minister. She's also an evangelical Christian. And she belongs to the Free Church of Scotland. Uh, Sometimes Politicians use religion for their advantage, but listen to what Kate Forbes told a BBC journalist 
in an interview in 2021. She said, to be straight, I believe in the person of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for me, he saved me, and that my calling is to serve and to love him and to serve and love my neighbours with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. So that, for me, is essential to my being. Politics will pass. I was a person before I was a politician, and that person will continue to believe that I am made in the image of God. So Forbes is in the running to be the next leader of the SNP, but in the past week, there's been a campaign to discredit her because of her faith. Uh, The media criticised her for what she said at an event in 2018. In a speech five years ago, she said, May our politicians recognise that the way we treat the most vulnerable, whether the unborn or the terminally ill, is a measure of true progress. Forbes was condemned as unfit to lead because of that statement. Now, what does that tell us and how does it connect with what we've been thinking about tonight? Well, it reminds us that the world's standards of virtue and goodness have shifted from how we traditionally understand them. To show virtue or goodness in the world today is to be in favour of and actively promote liberal social policies like same-sex marriage and abortion. There was a time when the world looked at Christians and thought that Christian morals and a Christian worldview was good, but now the world looks at Christians and thinks that, that Christian morals are bad and Christian virtue is no longer good but is considered dangerous. Now, we might not feel the same rub that someone like Kate Forbes feels. We might not come up against the same opposition. But this kind of thinking is slipping into our culture, into our area, and is hardening people's hearts. And some of you are probably experiencing the early stages of it in your work, particularly if you're in education or if you're in health. And that's why this call to virtue is so important. Increasingly, it will be that as we show virtue and goodness, in the real biblical sense, to others, that they will become interested in the Christian faith and in the Lord Jesus Christ. To have virtue is to follow the example of Jesus. To have virtue is to be someone who is straight and honest with people. To have virtue is to be someone who is kind to other people. To have virtue is to do practically helpful things in the life of the church family, but also to others who are outside the church family as well. Let's pray that the Lord would help us as we strive to develop this quality in our own hearts and lives. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this call to virtue. And we pray that we would strive after it and seek it with all of our hearts. We pray that you would help us to confirm our calling and election and to know that we are yours and that your seal of approval is on us because of what Jesus has done for us. Father, we realise too that we're living in an increasingly changing world. We pray that you would help us to stand up for what is true and right and to, to show virtue and goodness in the real biblical sense to others that we meet in this world. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.